Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. Lee. And hopefully we're going to be a little bit clearer tonight. We're trying yet another type of call software, so we'll see, we'll see if we can get through this without anyone turning into a robot. Doubt it. Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh, you've roboted on me a couple of times already, but that's my connection. Nobody else's. Yeah, you, your internet is brought to you every day by Pigeon, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> so what do we think to this weekend's race, then? It's good, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it, it was. It was all right. It was eventful. Old school tracks produce old school races. Who would have thought? Nice little surprise shower beforehand as well, which I don't think anyone was quite prepared for, just to spice things up a bit. That always always helps. I mean, wet, wet races are usually pretty good to begin with. Yeah, but I mean, let's let's wind it back a little bit from from the beginning of the race to uh, qualifying on Saturday, and that wasn't as straightforward and as clear cut as everyone thought it was going to be. Hell no. Um, I mean, that lap from Lando that we all thought would have um, put him on provisional pole. Yeah, did break the rules, though. Did go off the track. That is true. There was when, the, when they showed the replay back, it was like, oh, yeah, he was about a foot wide. Yeah. Unfortunate, but I mean, it's good to see that the, the, the car does have the pace if he keeps it on the grey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did we see in qualifying? Perez? He was. Yeah. Uh, he's getting. He's getting to grips with that car. Yeah, he is. Um, single lap, more than more than um, full race pace. But uh, even Christian Horner admitted that. We'll talk about Red Bull a bit later on. But the um, you, you're starting to see. But when when Perez qualifies half a tenth faster than Max Verstappen and only half a tenth behind Lewis Hamilton, you know that 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 move. Has probably been justified by Red Bull, hasn't it? Putting Perez in that car rather than sticking with Albon for another season, because Albon probably, you know, may not have made Q three. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think I think it I think it had gone through to Q three. It had just bumped Bottas up one more place <laughs> by doing no time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the stroll method. <laughs> hey, it's working for Lance Stroll. <laughs> <laughs> and it was—it was good to see that they were being tight on track limits all the, all the way through qualifying this time. I mean, I lost count of the number of laps that got uh, that got stricken from the record. Yeah, they, I mean, were, that, they were consistent with it. That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why Lance Stroll ended up in tenth because both both his laps in Q three got uh, got binned. Yeah. Um, did he only? I thought he only tried one actually. I think he did a second, but they didn't show it because I, th- I think he fucked it up early. Did he? Did he? Was he on a second and it wasn't going well, so he sort of abandoned and came I into the pits? Might, I think might that might actually it. be what he did. Okay. But still, more uh, more lack of fun for Vettel. It's you still don't know where he is with it, though, do mm. you? It is. It's difficult to judge without him having had a sort of a clean race, but. Yeah. Then you also still have to question why isn't he having a clean race? Is it him? Is it the car? It's a well, it was the, one. it was the car this weekend, wasn't it? Because it was the a brake problem. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was. It, the worrying thing is, it was two completely different brake problems. Yeah, very on, bizarre. On uh, both the Aston Martins. Yeah. Um, later on in the podcast, I will rip into Valtteri Bottas for exactly the same reason. So I don't see why. I should let Sebastian Vettel off the hook. Um, 
there's no I, I I get that he's new to the team, and I said I said on the last podcast on the preview show, I felt bad for like ripping into him because he'd only done one race. There's the, it's it's fine, like saying oh he's new to the team, he's still getting his feet under the table, he's learning, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's also a four time world champion, but without a sense of urgency. Like he like he doesn't want to change. You get the sense with Alonso, for example. He's trying to change things at Alpine because he really, really, really wants to win. Vettel is just sort of at Aston Martin and letting things happen. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen him struggle in a new car before either. What, Vettel? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he... Uh, he, he took to Red Bull pretty quickly when he joined them. He took to Ferrari very quickly. I think he won his second race with Ferrari at Malaysia. Took to, um, took to BMW pretty bloody quickly in his first ever race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, <laughs> I don't deny that he's got that. He's still got the the passion and the hunger to do things. But I I, I do wonder where why there's no. It struck me this weekend. There's no sense of urgency about him. He's very he's very happy to just sort of sit there and just let things happen around him. Did in 2010? I can't remember which one. Which. Uh, which race it was? Well, sorry, I, re- I can't remember whether, whether it it was this year or not. In 2010, did Jensen Button win his second race for McLaren? Because it was Australia was the second race that year. Was it was it 2010? He won. I oh, think it, it might was, have been. It? Was it on? Was it a wet one? I think so. It was changeable. It was yeah, it unusual was for Australia. Conditions. Yeah, yeah. And he changed very thing, early onto drives. But, I think. But I keep thinking about Button and this th- this talk about, especially for in the Daniel Ricciardo situation here as well. Um, well, well people saying he, about the, he, he won his second and his fourth. Oh, well, there you go. Second and his fourth. But the it's. I, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it. Oh, it, it's a it's a driver in a new team. I don't think it's enough of an excuse. No. Because I I don't I remember. Uh, you know, and obviously, like I'm a Jensen Button fan. I was a Jensen Button fan at the time, but I don't remember Button going from Mercedes to McLaren, and everyone going, "Oh, we'll probably have to give him half a season to a year before he gets his feet under the table." Formula One doesn't work like that. No, in the sa- in the same way, if uh, Max Verstappen was to go to Mercedes next year, would you think, oh well, he probably can't win the championship this year because he's got to get his feet under the table? The only difference there would be that Max isn't already a world champion. No, but I, I'm just mean top flight Formula One drivers. It nothing to do with world championship champions. I mean, like it's I don't I I don't think it's an excuse for a top top driver to perform badly just because they've gone to a new team. Maybe in the, uh, the the one that's got the case for it most is Perez, because we've seen it over the last couple of years, just how much that car is designed around Max Verstappen. I don't think any other car on the grid is designed as much around a single driver in the team as that Red Bull is designed for Verstappen's driving style. So I I don't I don't get the, this whole thing of oh well it's you know they they've got to get settled in because it's I, I can't remember it being a thing before with top drivers. Yeah, 
even Perez said, didn't he? I can I can see why other drivers might have struggled with this car. Yeah, because you know, but it's something I'm going to have to adapt to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Perez last time he was in a top car um, struggled, but he was young, he was inexperienced, and he was kind of parachuted in at the last minute. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, you can... he he had too much too soon there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, you you can you can see how McLaren pretty much broke him. Ron Dennis pretty much broke him. Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. But um, yeah, I mean, Vettel just seems to be I don't know. Um, I don't I don't want to quite say phoning it in, but Pooping. but he's not. He's not the Vettel that we've seen before. I, I think the other thing to remember for Vettel is, is also he's he's not got what he thought he was going to get. He thought he was going to get something comparable to last like continuation from where last year's racing last point. year's racing yeah. point, which was essentially a B spec Mercedes, and yeah, it's, you know it it's uh, that Austin Martin isn't a. Um, a B-spec Mercedes this year. You know, there's, there's a lot of that car as theirs. And oddly enough, considering they've got the investment now and there's a bit more security behind the team, uh, they don't seem to have done a good job. They've been very whingy, haven't they, about the how the regs have changed and they seem to think it was it's affected them more than anyone else and it's all the FIA's fault and they've been targeting them and they're taking it very personally. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I, Lawrence Stroll should not wear green. I don't know if anyone else saw that. He also wasn't wearing a face mask. He was like the only person in the paddock not wearing a face mask. It's because of that beard, probably. He catches everything <laughs> and anything. <laughs> Get a beard instead of a face covering. It will trap all the germs. I don't know. Maybe wearing a mask takes him back to his hostage video last season. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he was genuinely kidnapped, as it turns possible. out. Possible. Very possible. <laughs> Shall we do the usual team-by-team, team, then, from the back? Let's. Yeah. Right. Sadly, we're starting with Williams. We haven't done this Ooh. for a while. Um, we'll do the get t- Latifi out of the oh, way, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what Latifi did. That's not, yeah. not going to take long. I mean, he spun, recovered, mm-hmm. spun, and killed the car. Yeah. First spin... Um, Damp conditions, obviously, you know, cars were leaving the track left, right, and centre. He managed to recover, but then it was his um, not irresponsibility, just 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 a, like maybe a lack of awareness as to sort of where Mazepin was. As soon as I saw it happen, I was like, "Oh my god, Nikita Mazepin again!" Not his fault, <laughs> totally not his fault at all. No, mm-hmm. I'm I'm saying there was Sodol Mazepin could have done yeah. there. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers go out to Matt Gallagher for this one because he must have had a right hard on when he thought Mazepin had took somebody out. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not easy to take a corner uh, when you've got somebody coming back on track and hooking right in front of you. Yeah, when you can't uh, see properly because of all the spray. Yeah, I can't remember who said it. It was uh, it was on something I either read or listened to today. Um, but someone pointed out that Latifi probably just didn't think there was anybody behind him because he's used to being last. It's not a bad shout, actually. <laughs> maybe that's what a race engineer should be telling him. Like, maybe don't just uh, yeah, drive back yeah, on at but this corner. Also, yeah, but also, um, 
you know, over the last three, four years, however long Lance Stroll has been in Formula One now, I've said, look, Stroll needs to learn to look in his mirrors, and he has, and he's got better at looking in his mirrors. So much for no robotic. Knowing what's going on behind him, it shouldn't. Oh, am I? It shouldn't have taken him like two or three years to work out exactly um, how to check his mirrors, but it did. And uh, Latifi, just as far as I'm concerned, just didn't know what was going on behind him. Uh, was too busy probably just making sure the car settings were okay. I don't know if that's a steering wheel thing or whether it's just you know. Well, driver. Don't, don't, don't forget, Williams don't have the uh, don't have the dash on the steering wheel, do they? Oh no, they don't. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, so. So it... I'm surprised more cars haven't gone down that road. It seems the best solution that. No, I mean, I, I can, I can see, I can see the benefits for it, but I can see the problems as well because if you get a, if you get a dash problem during the race when you have got a separate dash, yeah, you can change the wheel. Yeah, it's a tough one. We ju- we just want head heads up displays, a la um, every other racing game. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and zero G cars. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, it looked like you know Latifi's wheels looked like. Um, the wheels go in uh, Mario Kart 8 when you hit the zero-G sections where they uh, flip out <laughs> to the side. One, go- one, one thing, though, he did well getting into getting into Q2. Out-qualified Alonso as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. did. And it, it, don't forget, in Q1, Latifi was actually ahead of Russell. Uh, Russell tipped him for a, a, a getting into uh, Q3 as well. Russell was closer to Q3, but yeah, no, I can see why, um, you know, it is a vast improvement from the Williams of last season mm-hmm. uh, and every other season before that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think we're talking about them first because they double DNF, but they were not the slowest car this weekend. No, not by far. Um, that that accolade still belongs to Haas, although <laughs> to finish first, first you must finish, and both Hasses actually crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, George Russell then. The man of many apologies at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was having a great race. It, it yeah, was, he was. It was 10th, he was pushing for 9th. Mm-hmm. It looked like he had the pace on the Mercedes. Yep, well, he did have the pace on the Mercedes because of the speed that he attacked Valtteri Bottas at. <laughs> um, I totally and 100% disagree with Toto Wolf, and I think Toto Wolf is behind George Russell's public apology. Um... And the fact that Toto has said that George needs to think about it when he's trying to attack a Mercedes is the biggest pile of shit I think I've ever heard. Um, And only, was it last week, week before, where Toto was like, oh, a lot of people have lost my respect forever in the paddock. Well, Well, what he said yesterday, he's totally lost all of mine, all of it, totally out of the window, because his driver should not have been that far down and getting attacked by a Williams in the first place, and your car and your team are not invincible. And if a driver in a Williams happens to think that they can pass you, that's up to them, not up to you to not get passed. So I'm sorry, but Toto Wolf has this 100% wrong, and uh, I still think, I, I, like I said, I believe he's behind the George Russell apology, and it's left me with a very bitter taste in my mouth. Strong words. I, mm. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean that that that's the thing. It's it it smacks a bit of where Mercedes were not here to be overtaken. Yeah, pretty much, and that's bullshit. I mean, it's like where it's like um, you know we've been talking about the the whole um, football soccer thing, Super League. Like these clubs think they're better than you know like clubs below them to go and you know to go and play. You know, ooh, we're going to go and play in inverted commas bigger clubs. Mm. Like, well, so, so Mercedes are a bit are, are too big a team to be overtaken by the Williams. Is that what you're saying? Because if if that's the case, just don't turn up at the next race because it's racing. Two words: Leicester City. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, gut, gutted for George because second second Imola race on the trot where he was looking good for points. At least, he was, yeah. At least it wasn't his fault this time. No, I don't think he. I don't think he had any part of the blame whatsoever. Um, I can, from my point of view, watching the onboard from Kibby Raikkonen's is the best camera that we've got of the incident, uh, and from Kimi Raikkonen following. Uh, Bottas jinks to the right and then goes left. Something about a Danny Ricardo interview after the race. Uh, no, I missed that. Oh yeah. Um, well, there was a few different uh, drivers on Sky were asked about the uh, incident. All of them uh, agreed with Ant- Ant- uh, Anthony Davidson that it was like a sixty forty to um, uh, to Bottas. For, as, as far as Bottas's fault goes, I think it was da- Damon Hill that said he actually thought it was a, it would have been a bit higher than that. Uh, but yeah, Ric- Ricardo basically pointed out that okay, okay, it looks like there's a couple of feet to the left of George and a foot to the right, so he had enough room for his car. He said, but you've got to preempt how much you think that other car is going to come at you. He said, you don't know that he's just going to come at you that far. He could have just kept wandering across the track. And the top and bottom is, Bottas picked the inside. You, know, you, you might not like the new, uh, well, not new now, you know, that we've had them around for a few years, haven't we? The, uh, you've got to pick a line and stick to it and no moving under braking and things like that. But, you know, it's, if, if you pick the line you're going to defend... You have to stay on that line. That's that's the rules of engagement when it comes to overtaking now. And Bottas chose the inside, like Lando did against Lewis. The only difference is Lando stayed in a straight line where he was supposed to be. And as soon as George started to come next to Bottas, he squeezed him. Yeah, he jinks right before he turns left again. And by the time Bottas yeah. is going left to defend the inside again, Russell's already sliding into him. Yeah. There's nothing George Russell could have done or done differently. And the argument is, is that, oh, well, it was a drying track and he shouldn't maybe have done that because, oh, it was a bit damp and mm, should he have gone on the outside? Of that? Fucking, it's racing, dickhead. Like, <laughs> what do you want him to do? Fucking just follow him around the circuit all day? No, he wanted I, ninth place. I will say, I don't, th- uh, I don't think uh, either of those drivers... Would have reacted the same hadn't it, hadn't it have been each other they were racing. I think George wanted to make a point of passing Bottas in the second worst car on the grid, and Bottas felt he had to keep George behind him. Ah, now then, that got suggested to Bottas, and uh, Lee, you're going to like his answer. I think I've heard his answer. Sorry, I lost my aluminium foil hat somewhere. It's quite a theory. <laughs> well, he's. 
Do you know what, though, right? Does that not... Does that answer not reek of someone trying to hide something with a joke? I hope Yo, it. is it? I hope, not, it not... a, I hope it being an F-110 file heart mention, it reeks of someone who's listened to at least one episode of this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, no, but it's not like um, he just tried to brush it off by saying, oh, no, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyone that tries to like bat away an allegation with a joke is hiding something. Anyone who tries to battle an allegation with a joke about a tinfoil hat, we'll leave it there, shall we, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I... Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's just, it was it was unfortunate. And uh, I, f- I feel that Mercedes have protected Bottas and thrown George under the bus a little bit. I agree. I Yeah, I definitely mm. feel like it was a... When we heard Toto originally, it definitely felt like he wanted to criticise Bottas, but knew he couldn't, and then started to lay into George instead, and offended all the Clio Cup drivers while he was at it as well. They're all offering him all kinds of outside. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Clio Cup is the only race series where the cars need to wear knee pads. (laughs) (laughs) Right, next up, we have... I'm calling this now the joint winners of the Giovinazzi Participation Award. To be fair, Giovinazzi has a claim of this this weekend as well, as I couldn't tell you what he did. Yeah, there's two of them and there's only one of him, that's the thing. (laughs) No, I I think we give the Giovinazzi Participation Award to Haas as a team. No, because there was some incident involving Mick Schumacher, so we did see him going round without mm-hmm. his front wing for a while. Uh, screwed him, screwed himself over, you could say. His his race engineer as well was talking to him like he was a toddler. I saw tweets saying, "I want, I want Mick's race engineer to uh, read me bedtime stories." <laughs> <laughs> he was so so tender, wasn't he? Yeah. No, it's fine. Don't worry. Nothing to worry about. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when they told when they told the race, you know, like the race engineers, like in the beginning of the season, okay, guys, two new drivers might have to do some babysitting this year. I think <laughs> that guy took it a bit too literally. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mazepin's only sort of real involvement that we saw was almost being killed by Latifi. Well, not all of us being killed. These sort of things. <laughs> it was a light scuffle, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> it's a bit dramatic. Yeah. And of course, Mazepin had a spin uh, towards the end of the race. Of course he did. <laughs> uh, which, on our... Um, when will um, when will we see the Mazep spin? Uh, nobody went for anything after lap 50. Was it because nobody thought it'd last that long? Especially when it was raining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in fairness to them, two rookies, first wet race, both saw the chequered flag. Yeah, uh, Mick had a couple of couple of moments during the race as well, actually, because I think uh, I think he had one spin that he recovered from um, not long after the restart. And other than other than that, they were never going to trouble the scorers. Hey, do you know what? I'm just looking at my. Uh document that i sent through so you know our running order for this podcast mm. there's no alpine on there <laughs> <laughs> I, I i could forgive you for missing them to be honest they were ninth and tenth i believe uh yeah so we're, we're in the so end. we don't need to talk about them just yet then. not yet no 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 
Let put them in at the last of the A teams. There you go. <laughs> Alpine also took part. Um, well, the, the most, to be, to be fair, I know we're just jumping forward a little bit here. The most I saw of Alonso in that race was, and this never got explained, was why he was sat on the grass after the Bottas Russell incident. Was he? Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, he was. He was. He was, no a, he was at ninety, was 90 degrees. Yeah, it was yeah. at ninety degrees to the ninety degrees to the track, and it was just sort of. Oh, I vaguely up. remember. I do you know what? It was that much of a race. I've forgotten some of the stuff that happens, but I do vaguely remember suggesting that he was simply rubbernecking and got distracted. <laughs> Which is fair. You see two two cars in the gravel. You're going to have a skeet. Yeah, yeah. Fair point. Um, we've got Alfa Romeo next up on this list, though, anyway. Um, yeah. Kimi would have finished 10th, but um, fucked up under the safety car restart. What was it What that he actually did? What's the impede? Imp- what was the rule that he broke? He uh, did what Perez did. So he had a spin, uh, lost a couple of places, and then gained them back before uh, before the start line. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so I, I think the the issue would have been that he probably thought because they weren't actively racing at that point, it wasn't a lap that would count. That he could regain his position. I think he thought it was effectively a formation lap. But it, but but it, it was not, and the team didn't tell him otherwise. Probably because they got quite uh, okay. late notice about it being a rolling start rather than a standing yeah. start. Yeah, because they said it was going to be a rolling start while the cars were actually out following the safety car. Yes. I can see why the I can see why they made it a rolling start because there was going to be a there was going to be a lack of dry lines and they were all on dry tires. So that was that was that was going to penalise anyone with um, on one side of the grid. Well, no, it's not just that; it's just you you could have caused even more carnage going into you know the the, the first braking zone again. It's just I'm with Martin having Brundle. a safety car restart. I'm with Martin Brundle when he turned around and said, if you want to make it completely safe, how about we all stay home, we don't go racing? Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, I just don't think it was dry enough to have um, both sides of the grid doing a standing start on dry tyres. Maybe maybe if that had happened about five, five laps later, possibly, but I just think it was at that point where it was a little bit iffy offline. But what would you have done if it was the start of the race? If that was the beginning of the race, well, there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been the one the one dry line through there at the start, would no, they? No, no, no. But but it still wouldn't have been it still wouldn't have been wet enough for um, for for inters. So you'd still be starting a, starting a race on a greasy track. But it would be uniformly so greasy. There was one. There was one dry racing line already formed. So yeah, anybody but, who started on that would have, would have had the advantage. So that but that, off, would, that but, would but you often but you often get a rubbery uh, like a rubber rubbery side of the track and a greasy side of the track anyway. Yeah, but not, just just because of a natural racing line. Not not. To, I, I don't not, I don't think I don't think there's any excuse for it because it's just if you're going to have rules, we should have set rules, not rules that we can bend and flip and manipulate depending on what happens. Yeah, I mean, all right, okay. You get what you get one clean and one dirty side. That's fine. But um, where it was like this, you've got what you've got the um, you've got the odd numbers lining up on what is still a wet track, and the even numbers lining up on on the dry line. So that automatically gives an advantage to half the field, and it's half the field that are starting from an even numbered position. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I I still I still think it should have been standard start because because it, you know it's it's not that's fine but that's the rules we've been used to for quite a few years now 
you know, I, I, do, I don't think rules should yeah, be... Yeah, I did think that was a... I yeah, think that was the but I, I, don't, I don't think rules should be malleable enough where you can just go, ah, oh, no, not today. The weather doesn't suit it. It did seem the teams was, were quite surprised by it as well because after they'd gone out and were on the sort of the formation to the grid, that's when it was announced on TV, like, oh, it's going to be a rolling start. But even like Red Bull tweeted at that point, like, oh, so uh, it's going to be a rolling start then, is it? Yeah. Now, I can see why they did it, but once once again, it's lousy communication. They should, they should have made that call before they went out. Yeah. I also, I don't think, it, I mean, I know it was, there was definitely a more greasy side of the trap, but at that point, I'm not sure it was, it wasn't like a wet side of the track. It was a damp side of the track. You know, it's, they, I, I, I don't think it would have been much different to if, like I say, if you had a rubbery side of the track and, and a damp side of the track, it, you know, like those races you have where we have a shower just before the race and we see, uh, we see the teams trying to dry the grid spots out, which has now also it's, been banned. But I, yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think it's any different to that. Yeah, I think I think it's one of one of those where you had to be there to be able to take a call on it. I can in see. In fact, I, I, I'd, I'd also argue that by the time they got round to doing the starting the race again, there wouldn't have been a dry side of the track if there was still a bit of rain around. Because there, there hadn't been Formula One cars blasting around on it for the last 20 minutes. I don't think it was point, still raining. It was just then. really cold. Yeah, it, it, it stopped raining, but it wasn't drying up as quick as it would have done if it was a lot warmer. Yeah, I can't. I, like, I, I am going to give the conspiracy theory here. <laughs> if if they'd have started with if they'd have started with the like a uh, the normal start. Lewis Hamilton would have still been a lap down, wouldn't he? Um, no, no. He would have done the. Um, no, the do. Would it, would it, no, they would have led the lap. Yeah, they do. They do. To... They do. They get the one lap back for everyone, regardless. Well, would he have had to start from the back of the field? He wouldn't have started ninth, would he? They well, he would have started ninth because that's where his position was. But wasn't he a lap down? Yeah, just yeah, started. But... Everyone who was a lap down went round. It wasn't just Lewis Hamilton. Everyone who was a lap right, down. Right. Okay. Round cool. I, I thought. I thought he only stayed where he was because because they were doing the uh, like the safety car start and not the not the thing start. No. I've, this I've, is this is the thing. It shouldn't be this fucking difficult to work things out. Yeah. You know, they would have come out with a standing start anyway. Because yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Both both, both Hasses got to claim one lap back, but they were two laps down at that point anyway. So when they started. Even though they were at the back, they were one lap behind, and everyone not two, not two, and everybody else was on the lead lap. Yeah, well, that's because they, they take it from the lap before the incident, don't they? That's that's I why it happens. Yes, that. I think yeah. it is with a red flag, isn't it? It's your last completed yeah. lap. Yeah. New feature: Valtteri Bottas's aluminium tinfoil hat conspiracy of the week. <laughs> Repl- replacing Lee's conspiracy theory of the week we've got a new sponsor for it oh no he's not going to have anywhere near as many lizards <laughs> no Finland's too cold for lizards that's the problem that's why he's got a sauna <laughs> maybe that's where he keeps them. Um, yeah we've not really touched on Alfa Romeo in all that apart from um, Kimmy's, Kimmy's cock up and um, it lost him points and also, Giovinazzi was involved. 
um, he took part. There's a lot of participation awards this week. I really don't remember. The only contribution I think Giovanazzi made was, did he sh- fuck up one of the Mercedes pit stops? Because he came in behind, yeah, was it Lewis Hamilton? Hamilton's, um, was it when, when Hamilton had his little off? Yeah. He had to wait for Giovanazzi to go by. But I mean, Hamilton's wheel wasn't ready anyway, so I don't think he was that that. that that's the only wait. time I remember seeing Giovanazzi. Yeah, he cost Lewis a second and a half in the pits under a safety car. Not even that. <laughs> it was it was a four second stop for Lewis. Yeah, because his wheel wouldn't come off. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe half a second at best. Um, some somebody called him the cheese vampire at some point on Discord. Yeah, this was weekend. a confusing thing. I would like further explanation. I have none. So if if whoever it was, I'm assuming if you're on our Discord, um, you're listening to this. Can you explain the cheese vampire? The cheese vampire. Yeah. Apparently it's Giovanazzi, but why? We do not know. Giovanazzi's the cheese vampire? <laughs> well, he look, well let's, he looks like a vampire because he's got the fringe. So but, that's why, sort of but why he's cheese? Italian, he's Italian, therefore he loves quattro formaggio. There you go. Well, that's that Which conundrum solved. Sounds like Ted's interview with Davide Valsecchi. Where there were that just was a fucking weird moment, wasn't it? Five minutes of them two just spouting random Italian foodstuffs at each other. No, it was basically Ted saying Italian foodstuffs to Valsecchi and Valsecchi just laughing. Valsecchi laughs at everything. Uh, yes. I've never, ever been happy when he's been on a television. Like, <laughs> on television. <laughs> <sighs> you really don't like him, do you? I, actually, just quickly, while we're on the subject of pundits and stuff like that, um, rather than using like hooky means to watch Formula One since I've been Sky off, um, I decided to use semi-hooky means to, uh, to watch Formula One by get, uh, get, getting a VPN for the year and subscribing to F1 TV. I really like F1 TV's like punditry. It was, uh, I mean, it's a bit rough around the edges because they only have certain chunks in. You know, then you get like a little bit of waiting around before they pick the live feed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was so nice to watch a pre-show and then a race wrap up after it done. All they talked about was the race. All they talked about was the Formula One. <laughs> nobody, nobody raced fucking RC cars. Not once did I see Natalie Pinkham and Damon Hill having a coffee in a restaurant somewhere. Um, it was it, it was almost like I was watching a sports broadcast for the afternoon. I mean, you're saying you, you all they did is talk. Habits. Sorry, go on. I was going to say you're saying all they did is talk about the race. You've heard our podcast, right? I mean, we go off piste every five yeah. fucking for seconds. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine because that's kind of podcast job. That's like amateur <laughs> media job, isn't it? But uh, it. Like making, I, I think half the battle is the, the things Sky do is you can visibly see most of the time, unless it's uh, like Lando and Carlos driving around in a like a uh, McLaren or wherever it was, or, or Mercedes with a bucket of milk, where they're clearly enjoying themselves. Most of the time, it's all forced and it feels stupid. So you will have missed the Ted Kravitz thing before the race, then, where he uh, where he was um, at Imola's only nightclub, <laughs> or rather outside Imola's only nightclub, doing the um, a terrible impression of a, of a floss. <laughs> you see, 
See, I feel like Flood is instantly on my team here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I feel vindicated in my animosity towards the Sky coverage. Well, what was it I said on... Because on, they, they now do a running order on the Sky coverage, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yes. Like, it's just like, oh, great. And I think I said on our chat, this means I can now avoid watching Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen throwing ham at Lewis Hamilton with Johnny Herbert. Or, yes. you know, freaking... <laughs> I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the running order very much. It helped me identify the correct moment to go and empty the washing machine. <laughs> and make a cup of tea. Yep. All the important things. And as anyone in uh, RI Racing League knows, going and doing laundry is really important. <laughs> just, that is such a niche in joke. There's only about 20 people who get that. <laughs> um, that's, that, that's just your jokes, isn't it? <laughs> Harsh. Fair. Um, so we're doing Alpine last of the A-team, so the next one must be Aston Martin. Um, like we said earlier, two different brake issues. Lance's were on fire, and he got told to drive quicker to put them out, which was probably a little bit tricky for him to do at the time, because he was in the pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> and Vettel had a brake-by-wire problem. Brake-by-wire failure, wasn't it? On his way to the grid. <laughs> yeah. Um, had to do a pit lane start, and then got hit with a stop-and-go penalty, because the wheels weren't on in time. That was That was a bit harsh. Surely if, you're starting from, surely if you're starting from the pit lane, if you're in your garage, it's not going to... Or by your garage, it's not going to matter whether you've got wheels on or not. Yeah. I I felt that as well. I thought as, as long as you've... If if you've, you realise it's not going well and you've got to start from the pit lane anyway and you haven't sort of impeded the start proceedings, it, it feel, feels like a harsh penalty, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, do you know what else was harsh? The fact that they announced the penalty as he was leaving the pit lane for his normal stop. Yeah. Yes, because I doubt yeah. he would have gone on to slicks knowing that a couple of laps later he was going to have to come back in and sit there and let them cool down when it was clearly too obvious to go on slicks. Yeah, exactly. That was shit timing by the FIA. Totally shit. And he he retired as well, was it? Two, three laps from the end with a, with a dodgy gearbox. Still classified ahead of both of the Hasses. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all of his shenanigans throughout the race, he somehow still managed to do more distance than the Hasses. Yeah. Second second race in a green car, second bad race in a green car. Like I said before, I'd love to see a little bit more urgency from Sebastian Vettel. Just, you know, a little bit more fire, maybe, perhaps is the right word. No, it was um, Stroll that had the fire. Yeah, yeah, because um, Lance Lance Stroll is putting Sebastian Vettel away quite comfortably at the moment, and I don't know that it'll always be like this. I mean, we might get to mid-season, and and you know Vettel's turned it around and is, you know, putting Lance Stroll away quite comfortably, but it doesn't look great. I mean these these were these were Lance Stroll's best conditions as well because he's great in the wet. Going on your theory, it's probably because he doesn't have to try and use his mirrors because you can't see anything in them. <laughs> well, no, no, he's got better at using his mirrors. All of his accidents in his early days in Formula One were all when people were trying to pass him, um, but, including when Vettel tried to pass him on the uh, on the cool down lap that time. Do you remember? Was that, that was Malaysia? hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's got some of his best results in the wet. 
Or in changeable conditions. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, Monza 2018, I think it was, stands out for me when he qualified second um, in the Williams. Yeah, um, you know that was a where the hell did he get that from? And he's been he's been consistent in wet races. The problem is we've no real barometer, do we? We don't know how good he's doing because of because Vettel's not doing the job. Mm. I've a I've a funny feeling that Stroll isn't doing a good job. He's just doing a stroll job, and Vettel's just again. He's had two very messy weekends, and uh, we don't really know where that car is. Do you reckon if Perez was still his teammate, we'd have seen Perez be like fourth this week? Maybe not fourth, but I think he'd have been in the like further up the points. That's I a think. good question. Mm. I don't know to be honest. I, I think he'd been hassling the Ferraris. Yeah. Because Stroll as well, Stroll did finish a place higher than he was classified, but got a penalty for some kind of kerfuffle with Gasly that we didn't see, I think. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm probably being quite harsh on Stroll there, saying he didn't do a good job, because he clearly did a good job. But Stroll does tend to be, at best, a driver that can get a car kind of where it's supposed to be, not the driver that can push it a bit to where it can actually go to. Well, if that's the case, he's doing a lot better job than his teammate is at the moment. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, no, he's do- he is doing a- he's doing a much better job than his teammate. But that's what, I'm sa- what I mean is we don't we don't know where that car is. Maybe maybe Austin Martin's issues aren't actually completely the car. Maybe that maybe it is Vettel. Maybe Vettel's broken, and Lance Stroll is just doing the same job he did last year because he's finishing in the same sort of positions he finished last year. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows it shows the car can be up there as um, sort of up amongst the sharp end of Formula One point five. Yeah, it's, I it, mean, we never really got we never really got the um, mini Mercedes at all, really. Last year, did we? I, I know Perez won a race, but in very odd circumstances. But I feel that 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 car's like real potential was at the beginning of the season where they kind of squandered it. And then sort of fell back into the midfield a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's it, there's there's a good chance that that car's all right. We just we just need Vettel to pull his finger out so we can actually find out. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen though. Unfortunately, you know, I I know I thought I thought a, a move to Aston was going to like sort Vettel out, but yeah, I I think Helmut Marko is right. I think he needed a year out. Mm. Maybe we'll get to find out next year what Hulk looks like in green. Mm. It's, his tradi- <laughs> it's his traditional family colour. Mm. Very true. <laughs> Vettel's proven it really isn't that easy being green. <laughs> Do we you start? Mean, a- you mean to say that Hulk is going to burst out with pink and become green? <laughs> <laughs> and do we start calling Vettel Kermit now? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, Alpha Tori up next. Gasly in seventh and Sonoda in twelfth. Torrid weekend for Sonoda. Well, not a bad recovery given that it's only his second race in Formula One. But mm. yeah. Um... Apparently broke his gearbox in half when yeah, he had the crash. That sounds like, like he gave it quite a thud. Yeah, inexperience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only thing you can put that down to, really. Inexperience and over eagerness. Yeah, I mean, he, he said he said as much himself. He was um, overhyped for it. 
which is probably why he spun when he was battling with Hamilton during the race. Mm. Yeah, but it's uh, Gasly, when, when they put the tyres up for the beginning of the race, I really thought that um, Pierre Gasly was, was, you know, a potential dark horse there. Because I thought, you know what, if this does rain a little more than they are expecting, Gasly's got it again. He's going to be in the lead on a track that's really difficult to overtake in awful conditions. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a shame that it didn't. And... Alpha Tauri lost the lost the window to get him onto uh, get him onto the Inters. Yeah, and um, for him to lose, it was on... a gamble. Yeah, that didn't pay off. And mm. for gambles that don't pay off, we go to Lee's betting slips. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them did. <laughs> uh, how one many? One of them did. Uh, how many? Uh, two, two or three, three, three bets were on. Not over five pound each. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah. No, we're still up. We're still up. <laughs> a net, a net win. <laughs> but yeah, Gasly ended up losing a load of places once the um, once the rain stopped, and by the by the time they brought him in, it was kind of a recovery drive for him as well, really. Because mm. he, he was having to um, having to regain all the places that he lost when he had the when he had the train behind him. I think he dropped down to about fifteenth at one point. He dropped from fifth to fifteenth in about two or three laps. Yeah, because he he was the he was he had the trolley train on the go, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think was it Lando that was the first past him, and then everyone yeah. just followed. Yeah, once the cork popped. Yeah. yeah, I mean they they just didn't change tires for them, did they? Yeah, I mean the, um, I was reading I was reading an article I can't remember can't remember where that said uh, lap five would have been the best time to get Gasly's tires changed for the Inters and lose the minimum amount of time. But you don't you don't change from wet to wind as five five no. laps in when you're not 100 percent sure what the weather's going to do. No, but saying that if if something had happened, would have gone. What a genius move it was! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, just rolled the dice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, sending him out on the wet to begin with was a brave move. I think a second brave move like that would have probably been a bit much. Yeah. The only interesting thing I think about Alpha Tower is, uh, in all of its guises so far in teams and um, team members, how good are they at making us think, oh, this is going to be a really good car this year, and then still doing exactly the same job as they did the year before? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we, we, were, we went into this season thinking, is that like the second best car on the grid? Is it almost as quick as a Mercedes? Like, no, no, it's not actually. It's just a bit behind Ferrari and McLaren, where you expect it to be. Yeah, I'm trying to remember a time when they they weren't not not in the the back markers, but not at the front of Formula One point five. Yeah, uh, it's it's just hard, like because you know, even all the pundits at the beginning of the championship were saying, "Oh, that it's a really good car." You know, they've got a really good chance going into qualifying. One of them qualifies eighth, and they both finish in the points. Well done. <laughs> Better than a hat. Oh no, it's it's, it's oh, fine, yeah. and it's it's doing the job. Like, and and what, I think one thing that car is good at is at least giving somebody a good platform to kind of show what they can do. You know, it's it's not like I don't know, like George being stuck in a Williams for most races. But uh, I, I don't know. I just I think we all thought that was going to be a much stronger car this year than what it seems to be. 
I don't know. I think I think I was expecting him to be in be in the position that um, they're in, sort of around the lower end of the points. Which bearing bearing in mind things in the top ten are a lot more competitive this season. I think you know it does mean it's it's a good car, but it's not a Ferrari. No, or it's not a this year's Ferrari. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's better than a last year's Ferrari. Then again, what isn't? <laughs> um, right. This, this year's has. It's <laughs> a close run thing. <clears throat> um, Alpine then. Ocon in ninth <clears throat> and Alonso getting up to tenth after various penalties. Now, Alonso was anonymous. Battling, battling with Seb for 15th at one point was uh, a particular highlight. Yeah, there at one point it was Alonso, Vettel, and Raikkonen. Or I don't think it was in that order. I think it might have been Raikkonen, Alonso, Vettel, and it was just like it's just like, hang on a second, like what? <laughs> what year is this? Where? What am I watching? And then I realised the positions were like sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, with a Schumacher it, just behind. Yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. Um. Yeah. I mean, they turned up. They qualified, they took part in the race, they scored points. They, they had a better race than, than they did in Bahrain. Not, di- not, can't. not difficult. Can you think of another race, though, where Fernando Alonso has been so anonymous? Um, most of his time during McHonda. No, no, I, this was even more um, I mean, anonymous at, than, at least than with, McHonda. At least with McHonda, because... you got to hear the radio messages. Well, no, what, with because uh, it was either breaking down, or when it didn't break down, Alonso was usually ahead of where that awful car should be. But I, I was surprised this week, and I was surprised he didn't finish ahead of Ocon. Very surprised. I, I hope it's just an off moment for him, and we're not seeing the beginning of another uh, lacklustre comeback from a pre- former world champion. Yeah, I feel both of them had very little screen time this weekend. Yeah. I can't really tell you much about either of their races. Yeah, no. uh, like uh, uh, the the um, the Alonso just appearing at the side of the circuit where Bottas <laughs> and Russell had their accident and then just speeding off. It's, it's just like mm. it, it does look, it does look like a naughty child who shouldn't have been caught in shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is he there? Why is he sideways? Where's he going? Yeah. See, it oh. makes me wonder whether there was something up with that car this this weekend because they went in talking a bit of smack, didn't they, about their new updates and stuff like that. And Alonso was really positive in interviews before qualifying. So it, it makes me wonder whether something has kind of not worked out as far as their updates have gone, and it's left them kind of just driving around the circuit, doing more essentially they, test, mm. testing. Could have yeah, just been the weather. Been able to use, yeah, about to say the same thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to, to to know what was going on with the updates, really, no. in a race situation that was that was so changeable with the weather. But it's, it's something strange because that's the type of race that you would expect Alonso to excel in. Yeah, I mean he's he's been he's been good. Um, he's been good in the wet before. He's been good mm-hmm. at interrupted races. Um, just a lot more experienced head than a lot of other people around him on the track. You would think he would, yeah, he would know when to change tires and and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Ra- you know, race to the conditions because 
um, his career's been that long that he's seen all the conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, odd, very odd, odd, odd weekend for Fernando. Don't think I have much more to say on Alpine. No, kind of, no not really. <laughs> it's probably why we forgot about them on the original yeah, list. Kind, kind, kind of an anonymous one. Um, right then, Ferrari next. Uh, the Renaissance continues to um, mid-table mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, we were talking no. before <laughs> about cars being designed for one particular driver. I would imagine that Ferrari is very much set up around Leclerc, yet signs right on his tail. Despite all the mistakes that he made early mm. on, well, he had a couple of spins. Yeah, but no, he he second half of the race very solid, and yeah, just one spot behind the teammate. Yeah, I mean this this year's Ferrari is is, is much vastly improved, isn't it? Let's be honest, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing the step they've made forward. They are by far the most improved team from last year, um, and. We're talking before about Sebastian Vettel. Oh, he needs a little time to get used to the Aston Martin. Hello, Carlos Sainz, anyone? <laughs> I mean, he's the expert at um, getting into a, getting into a car for the first time and doing it pretty well. You know, he's uh, he's done it with every team change that he's had, and he's had more than most. <laughs> yeah, I think Sainz is one of the best drivers on the grid. Um, I don't know that the Ferrari move is the right move that that he made but it's yeah I don't know it's it, time will tell but he's doing he's making the most of it so far well that's that's the thing though isn't it I mean it's it's a you sign to, you, you sign with Ferrari for the mythos every, every Formula 1 driver going back you know wants you know every kid wants to be a Formula 1 driver and drive a Ferrari or 90% of kids do and you get the chance even even a crap crap Ferrari you can say you were a Ferrari driver yeah, you know, Luca Badoa is still dining out on the fact that he drove a Ferrari in a Grand Prix. Well, Badly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than one as well. Yeah, more than one. I think a couple of Grand Prix. I think he did. You know, it, it was, yeah, it was so good they bought Fisichella out of his contract with Force India just after he learned how to drive the car himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just and and destroyed uh, his career. <laughs> the uh, Fisichella was taken along quite nicely in the Force India, wasn't he? Till he went mm. to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I think in, in some ways, on an emotional side of things, you can you can see why science did it. And he's got his. Da- I, I, do, he's got, do you he's think got, he regrets it? He's got his dad advising him, and his dad knows a thing or two about cars. No, I don't think he regrets it. To answer Lee's question, I think that. Um, he genuinely believes he's made the right decision to go to to drive for Ferrari. Um, he, he finished ahead his, of his car from last his, year. His idol drove Ferraris as well. His idols are Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso, Michael Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he couldn't say no, but at the same time, as I said before, time will tell. Uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. He'll never have that hindsight, you know, to to know whether he's made the right decision until after he's made it. Um, I think the regret would probably have been bigger than the than you know having not made the decision to go to Ferrari if he finished his career and never drove for them. And my, I mean, my I, issue. And I mean, sorry, sorry, go on, Paul. Um, those Christmas cards he's going to get from Esteban Ocon every year for the rest of his life, saying "Thank you, you saved me a job." 
Uh, I, I, I still think the big one of the big problems Ferrari's going to have with both those drivers is that sooner rather than later, if the Ferrari can get itself to the point where it can challenge again, especially next year with the new regulations, I think they're going to have to replace one of their drivers because right now I don't think they've got a world champion in the team. I think they've got two drivers who are too similar. Yeah, mm. I, essentially, they've got two masses. I know people are going to fucking hate me for that. But I, in, I, you, if you take... Uh, let's just go with what with what we know right now as far as the, t- the top two drivers in Formula 1, be it Verstappen and um, Hamilton. So like, Hamilton might retire, but Verstappen, Verstappen's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And let's, so let's say that as long as Verstappen is in Formula 1 right now, uh, he is going to be in one of the best cars on the grid. Uh, maybe even next year, Mercedes, if he just chooses to leave Red Bull. Why, well, he might not even want to leave Red Bull anymore because they look like they're doing a pretty good fucking job now. Um, but if you say that Verstappen is good enough that for the foreseeable future, he's going to be in one of the top cars, whoever they are. If um, they can match whatever the top car is, do you think uh, Sainz or Leclerc could beat Verstappen? Because I don't. In equal machinery. Well, Sainz held his own against Verstappen when they were... Early doors. Verstappen's a different animal now. So is science, I would say. They're both very different drivers. I think science is much closer to what he was than what uh, Max Verstappen is. I think if if Hamilton retires, then I think probably Verstappen's biggest challenger probably becomes George Russell. Mm -hmm. Rather than one of the Ferraris. I'm not including George Russell because he's not what you call proven. But Mm. if, if someone put a gun to my head, I think George Russell is better than both science and... Leclerc. Blood's thicker than water. <laughs> I mean, okay, we've, we've seen we've seen what George Russell can do in a Mercedes. Um, Sainz and Leclerc could they be world champions? I don't know. Could Ferrari actually? Um, and this this is why it will take a lot under the current circumstances for either of them to even be in with a shout of a world championship. Could Ferrari, one, build a car that's capable of challenging Mercedes and Red Bull? I believe they could build it, whether or not they can fucking keep it on the track for a year. Is can the, they uh, legally build a car? <laughs> right, now we're getting into the real questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can they strategize a two-driver team <laughs> into a position where they can challenge for a Drivers World Championship? Because we know how good they are at shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't care what Ferrari have said before about the Constructors' Championships, the important one. That's bollocks, because they still... I still believe they um, they screwed Eddie Irvine out of it. Uh, 100%. Yeah. You know, funny how that car that had been incredibly swift all season, suddenly, oh, oh there's, there's something wrong, it's not working properly, but we, are, we only need half a dozen points to get the Constructors, so we'll just concentrate on that. <laughs> So could they actually not Ferrari themselves out of a World Drivers' Championship if um, if the opportunity presented itself? There are too many ifs to know that under the current and, let's face it, previous since the Dream Team called it a day, Ferrari regime, you know, there's too many ifs for us to actually 
to actually determine that. The last the last championship that Ferrari won was done because another team Ferrari'd themselves out of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, tick all, tick all these boxes, and yeah, then we'll find out if there's going to be a fight or not. One box remains unticked. It's not going to happen. Sorry, Ferrari fans, but that is what Ferrari has been like for the last 15 years? 15 years. Well, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, you take out... Um, just If you take out the Schumacher era, for instance, because that was a very specific set of circumstances and people that put that team where it was for those... Like, five years, was it? Five years were they, like, the... Such like the dominant force. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, you take those five years out. It's been a fairly rocky up and down road for Ferrari. You know that was a unusual five years of stability at the top of Formula One. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that never um, that never usually happens with Ferrari. You know that they are forever screwing themselves over. I mean, when when was the last Ferrari World Drivers' Champion before Schumacher? Pop quiz. Uh, Nineteen seventy-nine. Was it louder? Jody Schechter. Seventy-nine is Schechter. Fuck! Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. You know, tw- twenty twenty-one years to get a World Drivers' Champion could have been could have been twenty, but. Well, like you say, I mean, but in in all rights, they shouldn't have had a world champion since Schumacher. You know, it's if it was only if it wasn't for McLaren imploding on themselves, like you said before, that that Kimi should never shouldn't have won that championship. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he's an ex world. I'm glad he's an ex world champion. But he shouldn't have won it. No. There is a very strong argument that without Crashgate, Massa wins in 2008. Yes, yeah, that's fair. Mm. Yeah, but who is that? Who's that down to? Thanks, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's also thanks Ferrari mechanics for releasing Massa's Ferrari under the safety car with the fucking fuel hose still attached. Yeah, yeah. That, that was I that was what cost him that race. I think there's also a good um, good case to be made that without Glockgate, oh yes, Massa wins the world championship <laughs> as well. <laughs> Poor Massa. <laughs> He was champion for 20 seconds. <laughs> no, do, you know what, do you know what? That's Provisional a, it's a, champion. It's a real shame for Massa, I think, because that was a proper... Um, it, 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 was, it was his arrival year, 2008. Mm. And I think he could have gone on to be a top driver in Formula One and a future world champion. I, I think he would have won a world championship at some point be it for Ferrari or somebody else, because we only remember broken Massa now. Yeah, we, we only remember the Massa after he took a spring to the head and nearly died. We Which forget. Was only, like, that was only in the middle of the year after. That was 2009. Yeah, so. ex- exactly. Uh, I, but I think that was much like we're seeing from, I mean, maybe not to the same degree, but you, you see with Norris now, uh, we, we, he seems to be having his sort of, year of development where you see oh god actually there's something here and we saw that in Massa against Hamilton you know, it's a, that's the thing to remember is that we look at Lewis Hamilton now as the like the, the best driver in Formula 1 ever 
And uh, Massa took him to the last race for a world championship in very equal machinery. Mm-hmm. You know, so before that spring, Massa was a fucking good driver. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, can't argue with that. Definitely can't argue with that. Also proving that driver skill is in the frontal cortex. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do McLaren now anyway. Uh, Danny in sixth and Lando getting his second podium in third. Um, again, Danny, another driver, gets in the car and does, it, you know, does, does the job in it. Um, Has been very honest as well about the fact that he doesn't quite feel at home in the car yet yeah. and that his race pace wasn't as good as Lando's and was very yeah. sort of humble about being asked to let his teammate through yeah yeah he's in muscle asked, memory wasn't it yeah yeah god asked, god asked to move over because lando was saying that he was faster he just couldn't get past because of the dirt yeah danny let him through and then lando proved that he did have more race pace because within a couple of laps he got it up to about five seconds dropped like a horse necklace yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like five seconds and then the following lap was like eight seconds and then it was 10 and then it was 12 it was like oh my god lando does have the pace <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was watching i was just i wasn't watching the race at this point i was just i, I was just turning around to my dad going he just pulled another half a second out in like two corners <laughs> but the thing is danny was still pretty bloody rapid yeah but Lando was Lando ridiculously was rapid. rapid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, once, once Ricardo gets more familiar with that car, um, you know, I, I think we'll be we'll be seeing him fighting for podiums. I, do, I, I still go back to what I said at the top of the show. I'm not I, I'm not sure I take that as an excuse. What? Because what the McLaren seems to be? I, I don't really know what's going on with Ricardo here. But, he looks a bit average at the minute. I hope that's going to change. But I wonder whether, in the same way... Uh, you, you Sometimes you think, oh, that driver's missed the boat now. I'm wondering whether this is the sort of decline of Daniel Ricciardo where he had a few years there where he, he could have been there, but it, they've kind of been wandered and squandered, uh, wasted and squandered, and now he's he's just somewhere else. But he's now got... The young rookie teammate to try and or a young teammate to try and deal with, yeah, and it's going to be difficult for him. Yeah, I think last year Lando and last year Daniel would have been incredibly close uh, in this year's McLaren. I think that um, you know Daniel Ricciardo last year, even even in the Renault, which we we don't think was as good a car as the McLaren, you know, he got yeah. past Lando Norris at times, and yeah, he did a better job, but. Um, this year, Lando has stepped up another level yet again. He's gone. He's gone one step higher. Um, and that McLaren's a great car as well this year. It, mm. it looks so compliant. Yeah, it's not quite. It's not quite. When you look at how quickly Max dropped Lando at the restart, uh, it's, it's not quite top top level. No. But it's probably third best car, which is pretty fucking good for McLaren. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, when you look at where they were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to what you're saying about the, the, the driver in a new car thing and it not being an excuse, I don't think Ricardo's trying to, to excuse it. He's, like I briefly mentioned it before, it was a muscle memory thing. He, yeah. said. he, he said, I can't drive this car just yet, like muscle memory, mm-hmm. but I will be able to in a few races' time. Yeah, no, I don't um, mean I don't mean he's using it as an excuse. I feel pundits are using it as an excuse at the minute for 
like the drivers which have swapped teams. Yeah. Yeah, but again, like you said at the top of the show, um, Perez straight in there. We just spoke about Carlos Sainz doing the yeah. job straight away. Um, Vettel is a four-time world champion, so can't really use it as an excuse. So again, yeah. I'm, I'm. I know I'm. I'm going to. Sounds like it. <laughs> that was the sound of Paul gonna... opening a can of Coke and Dizzy charging up the ga- um, cat tree. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say say it again because it's nice to bring nice things about Jensen Button up. But you know, he left Braun, which was a you know a, 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 a sort of a cry chimera of a car as far as it had a different engine in it that it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, had been with Honda essentially for fuck knows how long. Give it uh, you know from BAR to the f- full fat Honda went to McLaren and was competing with Lewis Hamilton from day one. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, that's, I, I, and that's where it should be. If you're a world champion or a future world champion, I think that's the least you can expect is to come into a team and at least be on par with your teammate. I was worried for Lando this year because I thought Daniel Ricciardo was going to walk in at the first race and do him. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and I'm happily, happily wrong. We're just having a little bit of a cat situation here. <laughs> was it the cat opening the opening the can of Coke? Before? No, she's just had a shit, um, which has stunk the place out, and now she's climbing up the shelves. Oh, that's nice of her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very she, generous. She was she was trying to climb onto um, roughly six hundred pounds worth of whiskey. I like the idea of now of it, it it shits low down and then takes the 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 rest of the smell that clings to it upwards. Yes, for like a sp- full spectrum dominance. That's that's how that. aerodynamics work. They so you lift the air up. How high yeah. I can jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like like I said, there's an unfeasibly two unfeasibly expensive bottles of whiskey on that shelf that she was just climbing on. So apologies <laughs> for that interlude. But, yes, uh... <laughs> uh, I completely missed all of that. So yes, I heartily endorse this product and or service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Mercedes, um, Bottas, go. Ooh. Oh dear! I mean, you really want me to? I mean, even I taking it. the crash I... out, it was a shocker, wasn't it? That was it that was, was an absolute it... mare, mare for him. This is this is something that starts on Saturday, though. Yeah. Um, if you want to go back to Saturday, um, we know a couple of drivers missed their timed laps and had their laps deleted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the the, the top end drivers. Um, managed to get their laps in, you know. He was Bottas he was fastest. Didn't. He was fastest in Q one. Yeah. After I think having a time deleted in uh, Q one. Yeah. He was one, two, three, four, five, sixth in Q two. Yeah, and then eighth or was it in Q three? Eighth, eighth in Q three, and we don't even we don't know. Um, he could have even been ninth if Stroll had got a lap in. Yeah, so Stroll was the other driver in Q3 not to get a lap in. Well, Bottas did get a lap in, but it was um, it was pants. 
Yeah, well, yeah, a banker lap. It yeah. was his banker lap, wasn't it? You know, his, 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 his timed lap. Yeah. Um, same with Lando. Lando got his uh, seventh place, but his, his really hot lap at the end of the session was deleted for, for, for track limits. Which would have got him third. Which would have got him, uh, well, yes, would have got him second, then third when Perez crossed the line. Um, Valtteri Bottas is in the is in what's supposed to be the best car on the, or at least, you know, one of the top two best cars on the grid. And he can't even keep it between. Just like Chris Carr. Keep it connected. Uh, we lost you for a second then. I was going to say, there are kids who learn to color between the lines mm. and, and get it right. Lee's made a career you know? out of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I do it to professional standard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm d- I'm dismayed with Valtteri Bottas, like totally dismayed with the fact that they the the the, the TV ended up reporting that um, uh, that Toto Wolf was on the radio to Valtteri Bottas early in the mm-hmm. early in the race and was just like, "Come on, Valtteri, we need this. You can do this." Well, like said, he wasn't performing anyway, so I don't know why the fuck Toto Wolf feels like he has to defend him now that he had this awful accident and. It's it's worth saying it's it's because I don't think we have mentioned it. It's fantastic that neither of them were hurt at a corner which has caused so many injuries mm. and of course deaths in the past in Formula One. Um, obviously, is a you know, totally different layouts, etc. But <sighs> Valtteri Bottas was ninth place in a Mercedes and wasn't climbing. Other cars were climbing. Like, I'm pretty sure Lando Norris got past Bottas and disappeared down the road. Norris ended up with a podium. Yeah. Like, like Pierre, Pierre Gasly, who had an awful start to the race, I think he did get passed by Bottas at one point. Like, Pierre Gasly still ended up seventh. Like, Pierre Gasly got passed by everyone apart from Latifi. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But Lewis Hamilton, his teammate, had uh, one of those lucky escapes. Okay, I'm going to bring Hamilton's race into it as well, just to do a little bit of contrast and compare. Hamilton slides off the track, being very impatient to try and get past. Surprise, surprise, George Russell. (laughs) Um, So he goes onto the wet part of the track, which sees him slide off onto the gravel. Uh, I thought he was out of the race. I thought, oh, Hamilton's beats his car. He's out. Hamilton gets his car back on the circuit, goes and has a pit stop. Then, of course, there was that accident. Um, but we didn't. We never saw Lewis Hamilton lose his cool. And when he got the opportunity, Hamilton carved his way through the field and ended up finishing second. At no point during that race did Valtteri Bottas look like he was going to improve from ninth. At no point. Zero point during that race was he going to improve from that position. Well, when we saw when we saw Russell start to make the move, we thought he was going to drop to tenth. Well, I only saw, at first, yeah, I only saw the 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 aftermath of it. I thought, oh my god, what's happened there? And I realised it was Russell and Bottas. I was like, oh Jesus! Um, but then watching again, just just watching the replays, I I. I aghast at how Toto Wolff thinks it's okay to defend his supposedly invincible team and this driver who just cannot perform at any level when there are other drivers out there outperforming that car in a car that's not as good as it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, I almost feel like Toto Wolff has given Bottas a vote of confidence, which in football usually always means someone's about to get fired. If anyone should get fired, it should be Toto Wolff. I'm not even joking. Like the the man's gone way uh, way above and beyond here. Like the the realms of shit. I mean, you, when when a footballer has a bad game, the manager always tries to defend him to deflect the shit away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Toto Wolff's trying to do here. He's but just what overdone he's accidentally it. Done. Yeah, he's he's overdone it. He's overdone it to the point of just like this is his time now to go and sit in the balconies. Get out! Like seriously, you you you've now overstayed your welcome. You signed your contract for three years, and you've you've just shat all over it. Do you think this is the problem when when it's a conflict of interest of a team boss being invested in the careers of drivers as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, George Russell was totally well within his rights to have a go at Valtteri Bottas on that race. Uh, in that racetrack, in that situation, we saw other other drivers doing it. Uh, it was Lewis Hamilton doing it, and mm-hmm. there was no contact. There was no contact, and when there was contact between drivers, it was you know it was reasonable. It was you know a little bit argy bargy, especially at the start between Hamilton and Verstappen. We didn't we didn't hear um, anybody coming on the radio complaining. I mean, Hamilton did say he said, he said "Oh, Max pushed me pushed me out wide," um, but it was always going to happen. At the first turn, but if if what happened between Bottas and Russell is so damn you know um, so damning for George Russell, and he should not have been attacking a Mercedes, well then how how come Lewis Hamilton wasn't leading that race after the first corner? Because how dare Max Verstappen overtake a Mercedes? Well, do you know what it reminds me of? It takes me back to that sort of horrible. 90s thing that oh and probably before that before 90s but that's kind of when i got into formula one so it's, it's what i remember but I remember like back in the day where you'd have a ferrari coming up to maybe that might be an out of place coming up to say a minardi for instance and murray walker would point out that the minardi had a ferrari engine in it and all of a sudden that minardi would evaporate out of the way of said ferrari <laughs> it was a sauber and i think murray's comment was as a case of champagne going to the sauber motorhome right now <laughs> yes it, it reminds me of that style of thing again you know it's like well hang on a second we know you're a separate team but you're not a separate team so will you just behave please the one that yeah, the um, one that springs to mind for me, I'm trying to remember which, trying to remember which year it was. I think it might have been, might have been '98. Um, Coulthard was in a McLaren, mm-hmm. and he got stuck behind. He got stuck behind an Arrows. I think it was an Arrows. It could have been, could have even been a Minardi. And apparently, wrong. Well, what, what, wasn't Verstappen, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he he went to um, he went to who the team principal whichever team it was, and they were on the they were on the same lap because Coulthard had had a had a spin and pitted, and uh, Ron Dennis was trying to get the uh, might have been, might have been an hour it might have been Tom Walkinshaw telling him to get his driver out of the way, otherwise mm. they'd never race in F one again. <clears throat> yeah, and it's like what no, the hell not. gives you the right to do that because those cars are in the same position on track where they're racing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you know what else I can't understand? And I think it kind of speaks volumes a little bit uh, about Toto Wolff's like almost um, vice-like grip 
on the sport, or that he believes that he has this vice-like grip on the sport, uh, is that Williams haven't responded. Because if I was Williams, or if I was part of the Williams family, if it was still a Williams family-owned team, and he said, well, he needs to remember who he's attacking before he comes up to... I'd have turned around and been like, you fuck off. Who do you think you are? Mm. Like, we are here to race. So we might not be able to race with you every week, but we had a chance to pass you then because your driver's not doing his job and ours is, and you've thrown your toys out of the pram because there was an accident. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, 100% again, mate. Mm. It's, not, it's not good. Not good for anybody. Fuck Toto Wolf. He's a prick. <laughs> is that the name of this episode? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> We'd also like to point out that at any available opportunity, we'd love to uh, visit the Mercedes um, uh, uh, factory. Factory again. <laughs> the the tour was lovely, and it's a shame Toto wasn't in the in the building when we were there. We we lost all integrity. So I don't. I'd, I'd tell him that if he was on this podcast, he's welcome to come on, and I'd tell him. <laughs> I don't quite know where to go from that, apart from Red Bull. <laughs> I tell you where we won't be going, Mercedes. <laughs> I think I think we've now got an exclusion order from Brackley and Bricksworth, haven't we? <laughs> and Silverstone from when one of us tried to fucking like gang um, gang interview. Uh, Bottas. I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to put the um, voice recorder on the PA for the next round of interviews, and I got shooed away because <laughs> everybody else had everybody else had done it. I was just I was I was literally stood at the side of, side of the stage where he's being interviewed for finished TV, out of well out of camera shot, trying to put me uh, trying to put my voice recorder on the speaker with all the other voice recorders, and I got shouted at. It was funny. I'm only only trying to get a recording. (laughs) Anyway, Red Bull. Um, Perez first. Um, An up and down time of things, you could say. Yeah, uh, fantastic qualifying. Um, Was doing all right in the race as well. Um, Had a spin, was it after, after the safety car restart? Um, it was it was under the safety car, he spun wasn't under it? Under the safety car, and then he got hit with the penalty for getting his oh, positions right. back. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. which but then, then he got, got some co- positions back and, and got, then spun again. But he got he got the penalty kind of nullified by the red flag because he'd already served the penalty by that point. Yeah. So that that put him back into contention, and then spun again. Yeah. Unusually for Perez, he did say afterwards that he was struggling with the tires. Which is a very un-Perez behaviour. Yeah, it is. Yeah, totally un-Perez. Yeah. uh, He had a a good result in Bahrain. The car let him down in Bahrain. Uh, I think maybe he let himself down a little bit in here in Imola. It's not... It's hard to tell. Uh, He appears to be doing a better job on that Red Bull than any of the drivers have done, you know, since Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> not much more to say about yeah. Perez. Really. Honda's making excuses for him, saying that he's not he's not had the mileage. But he's got the experience. This is the thing we, we, which we've already said about other drivers who jumped in. You know, Perez is doing a great job. He's doing a much better job than Vettel is at Aston Martin. He's probably not doing as good a job as Sainz is at Ferrari. 
But he's doing the best of the like people that have changed teams. And he's the one I give the most leeway to because we've already seen that Red Bull second seat destroy yeah. two drivers. That's fair enough, yeah. We know how how close that car is set up for Max, and he's come into that team, even with all of his experience. And, yeah. Um, I wonder, I'm just wondering now out loud if Aston Martin is set up for Stroll in that case. It should be, shouldn't it, given who's paying for it? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> You'd be kind of pissed off if that was a Vettel build car. I mean, I, I will pay Aston Martin to make sure Lawrence Stroll doesn't dress in green anymore. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but he, he owns the rights to green now. He's bought that and green is an official partner of Aston Martin. Oh, does he own the actual <laughs> Pantone of green? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, bearing in mind, Aston Martin send out one email at least a week saying such and such is the new partner. They do have an extraordinary number of official partners for absolute shite. Yeah. you know, like the... A denim partner. Not jeans, not clothing, yeah, denim. Yeah, but don't forget, double denim is the Canadian tuxedo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that got said to me by a Canadian, by the way, so... Sorry, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> uh, right, Max... Um, a little bit, little bit of elbows with Hamilton at the start, as you'd expect, and then just basically pissed off. Yeah, don't yeah, mind a little bit of right. elbow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, el- elbows is what you watch racing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a great start. Um, starting in second gear, uh, managed to power past his teammate and and Hamilton. Hamilton uncharacteristically left the door open on the inside. Verstappen just took it. Um, and and like I said, didn't, I don't think he put a foot wrong. I think he might have been the only driver, apart from the the slight wobble he had at the restart before they got to the safety car line. Um, that was that was close. Hmm. That was yeah. very close. He, I think he. Aside from that, I don't think he put a foot wrong, and I think he was perhaps the only driver not to put a foot wrong, which is why he um, probably. Almost definitely deserves that win more than anyone else. Yeah, I mean, it won by won by twenty twenty two seconds, and I think it was twenty seven laps after the safety car. That'd be about after, right. After the yeah, second restart, that sounds about right. So that shows he was nearly a second a lap faster than everybody else over over all that. Yeah, I I feel we were robbed though. We, uh, you know, with with uh, Hamilton and him having contact into like in the uh, chicane and Hamilton's front wing getting damaged. I think that cost us because Hamilton was gaining on him as well, you know, during the, like the worn inters period, even with a damaged car, then Hamilton goes and throws off the track and that destroys it. We were kind of robbed of another like clash of the Titans. Weren't we here? Yeah. It would have been nice to see them sort of come back together on track, not together in a crash, but, Racing wise, Race, racing each other. Yeah, it would have been good to see a second round. Hmm. I mean, what what would have made what would have made that good as well is po- probably if they'd have been racing each other, they'd have been taking time out of themselves, and we could have ended up with a larger than two car battle. I think they'd have took maybe a couple of wheels off each other, and we'd have ended up with a Landon Norris victory. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, yeah, that's why I really really think that was going to happen. I think there's a damn good chance of that happening at some point of this season. I think Lando is going to win a race this year, you know. 
I think if possible. we get another th- wild race, I think he he stands a really good chance of being the one that's mm. in the right place. Yeah, I think McLaren, I, I, th- I said at the beginning of the season, I think McLaren are in a position to win races, um, possibly plural, this year. And at the moment, it, it does look like Lando is the driver on top. Yeah, hopefully there'll be one of those tracks turn up where, like a like like an Arrows in Hungary where that car is just going to click on, on that circuit. Yeah, and nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. Wet Monaco, maybe, you know. Ooh. Who knows? Yeah, Stra- stranger things have happened. Like, for example, our... Um, I'm not going to give it its full name, but Amazon Interactive Device with a Screen that is also used as a... Um, photo frame uh, moving photo frame just happen- yep. just happened to show pictures of the last event that mercedes invited us to well just after oh, we uh, she just after chris went on the round paul just do it it's just easy to go okay google hey siri alexa <laughs> congratulations you've just set everybody off <laughs> <laughs> right rock stars and hey Zoom. no <laughs> Rockstar, rock stars and wankers I think we know who Chris is wanker I is. think I might know who Chris's wanker is yeah I don't even need to say it <laughs> just move on uh, my, 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 my wanker of the weekend is Matt Gallagher because I am fucking tired of seeing people retweet him even though I've tried to stop following him to listen to what he's talking about <laughs> so that's, that's my wanker of the weekend and I think he's going to continue to be my wanker of the weekend for the foreseeable future through this season <laughs> So this is another show that we will never guest on. Do we want to? Not really. <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> Rocks, in, in, all, in all fairness, in all fairness, I would love to have um, some fight. A fight with them. I'll fight any of them. <laughs> what? Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> Once yeah, like the borders the, um, are open. <laughs> <laughs> like the um, Ron Burgundy fight in Anchorman with all the news teams. Um, <laughs> all, all the F1 podcasts converge on one racetrack and, and, and have their own bizarre 70s style fight anyway well, uh, we can I, have like I, a loser leaves town match loser <laughs> never podcasts again I, I would absolutely love to have some some senior Mercedes figures on the, the podcast however I stand by my, my, my comments earlier it, I, th- I think it's disgraceful. I think it's disgraceful to the sport. I really do. I really think it's an awful, awful thing to do. Mm-hmm. You've been watching no, a lot of I... Gary Neville's rants in the last day or so. Uh, apparently he's been on another one tonight, which is, which is well worth listening to. Apparently it's better than last night's oh, rant, and it's yeah, last... well worth listening to. Last night's mm-hmm. was a spectacular one. We have, had, uh, we have had a request from, let me just find it, uh, regular contributor Glenn Merkel saying, I'd like to give a wanker to the Super League folks. They're right, we've done it. That's, That's out of the way enough. now. I want to give a yeah. rock star to the weather. Oh, for yeah. just de- spicing it mm. up a bit. Yeah, well done, Italian weather. And particularly <laughs> the weather forecaster who did not see it coming, so no one knew, and it was all a nice little bonus. Um, Michael <laughs> Piskeen. Very possibly, <laughs> yes. Maybe it's something we should look at. Well, not us, because we... Uh, we, we don't really have much sway when it comes to organising the Formula One calendar, but maybe it's something that the organisers should look at, that maybe the best time of year for a Grand Prix isn't the best time of year in that country. Ah, so deliberately target the the more changeable spring-autumn seasons rather than the summer. Yeah. 
Why not? Well, the, the move was Brazil from the start. through to Bernie Eccleston's sprinkler systems. How may <laughs> <I help you? laughs> don't, don't forget the move Brazil from the start of the season to um, towards the end after that race where something like eight cars went off at the same corner. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like the the times of day in Malaysia. Remember when they when they they shifted at that point of the day where it rains all the time and all of the water falls out of the sky at once. And we yeah. ended up with like trying all the world champions at the back. <laughs> yeah, well, trying to avoid those in April. Ones. Silverson in April, Lee, weren't you there? I was there. That was it. Was fucking mental. Luckily enough, look, uh, luckily enough for me, I was there in a big old Land Rover. And we, like, we, but finally enough, we watching other Land Rovers get stuck. I remember the guy that was uh, that drove us there and back shouting out of his window, trying to explain to another same Land Rover to the uh, to the guy driving and what the diff lock was for. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the one where it snowed on the Thursday, and they thought it was going to snow into the weekend as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it was, that was a good weekend. That was that was <laughs> that was good fun. I enjoyed that one. Uh, right, rock, rock stars. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Imola, the circuit. Agreed. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's great to see it back on the calendar. Long, long may it continue. I hope so. I hope they do use it again. You know, we, we've had, we've had it for two years now. But um, keep F1 there. Sod this one, one race per country rule. Um, Italy has got two decent tracks. I'm not counting. Yeah, I'm not counting I, Magello in that. You know, we never used to have a problem with races at Monza and Imola in the same season before. The two completely, two completely different personality-wise tracks, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I think that makes it a rock star. I think so too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not convinced that a dry Imola would be a particularly good race. It just looks like a. It just looks like a good track to drive. Yeah, but I, I think it it, it can it, it it's a, it's a circuit that lends itself to being processional unless shenanigans happen. But maybe, shenanigans happened and it was great. Maybe widen it in a few places, but apart from that, maybe mm, yeah. Uh, That's just, really difficult, isn't it? Because behind where um, where the chicane is at Tamborello, did you see the Damon Hill thing before the before the race? Looking at the 1995 when they first used the chicane, yeah, um, they were they wanted to push the wall back, but then uh, they were told that they couldn't because that's there's a river there. So, there's also there's also quite a few houses, isn't there, dotted in yeah, amongst yeah. it too? There's you people, know, people's garden. Yeah, best best part of the week was the two kids watching the race from their back garden on a trampoline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, wankers, whichever house owners were letting their. Um, apartments out for two thousand dollars a night on Airbnb overlooking Ooh. the circuit. No, what's what's wrong with that? That's, that's good old fashioned capitalism. That's good. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you no, can, if you can afford it. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just calling them that out of jealousy because we yeah, can't. We no, can, no. Yeah, because we can't get off the island at the moment, so the wankers are not waiting until we're allowed to go. And we can't have TT <laughs> prices because there's no TT. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just pure pure and simple jealousy. We do it in TT. No, good for them for doing it, but wankers. It um, would be a great holiday, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, we've had a nomination for Perez for a wanker. For Why? any reason? Um, the safety car overtake and then losing himself the chance for an amazing recovery by almost binning it. Then, I mean, that's it's a, fair. Yeah. Actually, more disappointed than angry. <laughs> he did snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, it's more a self wanker though, isn't it? He's not really. I mean, that is a wanker, isn't it? Let's be honest. But it's yeah, he didn't. He didn't yeah, he didn't really bother anyone else while wanking about. No, he just true. Sort of... 
<laughs> that's and you know what, Sean? That's the way you should do it. <laughs> you never went to posh school. <laughs> Uh, another nomination here from um, our good friend Niall Slim Drew. You did. What happened? I got expelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another. So fun in games until somebody wakes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't a boarder. I went home every day. It, the rules were different. <laughs> he didn't even go at that school, and it was last week. <laughs> <laughs> As I was trying to say. Um, one of our good friends, Niall Slim Drew, host of the Lemonade Lifestyle Auto podcast. Give it a listen, it is really good. Um, he's going to go with Rockstar for the helmet bonk and flipping off. I love seeing that in-the-moment passion from drivers. I like a yeah, bit of feist every agree. now and then. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah t- talk- talking of on-track fights, um, anyone see MotoGP this week, particularly Moto3? John McPhee mm. had a 10-place penalty for kicking a rival in the nuts at the no, previous race. No, it wasn't a 10-place penalty. It was a 10-second. Oh, sec- it, it was an enforced pit lane start 10 seconds after yes. everyone else had gone past the pit exit. Yeah, for kicking the guy in the nuts who took him out the race before. I've got a slight bit of news worthy, as far as this sort of, th- sort oh. of thing goes. Just before we came on, do you remember last year? I can't quite remember the guy's name. I think he's Italian, the car... Um, but never, we are set. never going to forget last year, are we? But no, no I know the guy true. you mean who like beat the shit out of someone in the pit lane after they yeah, had. Yeah, and he, he threw he threw a front wing at somebody, didn't yes. he? He, they, he crashed out. And yes. it was he's his, been it, banned it, from F. It was his dad's. He's car been track. banned from F. Yeah, he's been banned from FIA Motorsport for fifteen years. Ooh. Jesus, DL. I mean, it, it wasn't his finest moment, was it? Let's be honest. You don't no, go throwing no, no. debris at people. <laughs> I mean, I, I must say, as a man that constantly says I appreciate a piss boil, um, I, I feel we need more people like that in Formula One. Um, and it's, I think it's a great shame to motor racing in general. You just want to see more chair shots. That's the problem. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to see a world championship end in a hell in a cell. <laughs> God. Right. Um, news. My, oh. Miami, then. Yeah, it's happening. California, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> By the time it happens, right. we'll, we'll have I learned. Le- I lent well into that on social media, <laughs> all the way up to it to it being released. <laughs> yeah, Sochi, Sochi 2, just when you thought it was safe not to have a nap mid-race. I mean, it does look yeah. just so uninspiring, doesn't it? It does. It does. I do like how all the press releases say, "Oh, it's a circuit around the iconic Hard Rock Stadium." Surely, it's only iconic if you live in Miami, because I mean, surely America's biggest icon is like the Statue of Liberty, probably globally. White House, maybe. I mean, White even House, yeah. even in stadium, you would say it's probably either the Cowboy Stadium or Lambeau Field. It's not Hard Rock. Yeah, iconic just seems a bit. Is, is, in, is, Indianapolis, maybe. That's pr- that's pretty. As, that's as a, pretty, a track, that's, that's yeah, pretty iconic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Daytona. Yeah, to me, it's to me when people goes, oh, an iconic stadium. I don't think, oh, the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. No. 
Do you know, Iconic Stadium sounds like that one, like a, a band that sounded a little bit like Muse in 2006 that had one album. No, Iconic Stadium sounds like the new name for an American football field that was called something completely different last year and it's got a new sponsor. <laughs> yeah, and Iconic is a, is, a, is a platform for cryptocurrency. <laughs> Are you sure it's not? I'm sure it's not the Barclays Iconic Stadium. <laughs> the, the Barclays Arena's a thing. Oh, there's, yeah. there's about three of them. I think that's a thing, yeah. Yeah, it was the Lehman Brothers Arena until Lehman Brothers got bought out by Barclays. <laughs> no, seriously, it was. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it just look, it just looks like another. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know about street circuits. Do they have a place in Formula One these days? And I, I think no. Purpose built racing circuits. Don't know. I like Baku. It, Baku, Baku has been a good one. It's slightly mental. Even things Singapore. like Singapore. Singapore's a good show. It's not a great overtaking one. It's um, I can see why they hold the race at night because it looks good, but it's bloody dull in daylight. No, it's a good mm. race. Singapore, it's usually, usually been a good race, yeah. But Sochi, Sochi less so. Mm. The only mm. good thing you can say about Sochi is actually the F two is usually quite crashy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. It's yeah, it's it's a good F two circuit. It's just not good F one. It did shine. Did you say Azerbaijan? Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's a good race. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't think it's I don't think street circuits are the problem. I think it's the people that are laying them down. And maybe it's not the fact of street circuits. Maybe it's these sort of half and half things mm. that were getting dished out. Because I think this is it. I think there is some design going in this. Because I think they're going through like a car park, so they're going to have pretty free free reign what they do around that mm. bit. Oh yeah, you see this palace all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was an awful, awful, awful circuit. You know, it's just like you know, street circuits in America, generally speaking, don't have good um, history. Phoenix, uh, Dallas. No, not really. I think they did they run the Dallas Grand Prix once when Mansell passed out. Yeah, Long Beach. Long Beach was a good one, but that's been around since the sixties. Mm. I mean, they're still, they're still... Is, it real? is it all street? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's the circuits that are the issue. It's modern Formula One cars and street circuits. So again, this might not be an issue next year with new Formula One. That's the other thing we have to remember. Like if if all of a sudden they do a MotoGP on the cars and they can f- like follow each other and the pack's really bunched up, doesn't matter where we go. Yeah, if if these new regs work as we're hoping that they do, then that's going to be great. But otherwise, we've got ten years of oh my god. The I feel press release said about having two passing spots that have been identified in part of the designs. Two. Two, you identified two passing spots. Mm. Yeah, don't, okay. don't don't worry. They've already got Herman Tilker on the case to eliminate those. Yeah, it's great on paper <laughs> as well, isn't it? But in practice, is it two? Do we think? Can, can we can we nominate Herman Tilker as um, wanker of the race for the Miami Grand Prix next year in advance? Sounds reasonable. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like I say. I think we. I, I really think we should like not pass judgment on circuits, even though it it does look like Sochi, until we know what the 2022 cars are like on circuits yeah good luck to them like i hope it goes well but i mean at the same time like i said last week they've got a lot to live up to to make that such a massive party in the u.s like they do with with circuit of the americas in austin um and to make it 
you know, to, to live that that's a lot to live up to, and they've got to do it mm. as well, if not better, for it mm. to be a success. What do we think about the ten-year contract? It feels like a, a bit of a lengthy one for something we've not seen before. I think contracts yeah. get cancelled early a lot of the time. Very true. Mm, that's that's a good point. I think we've got a lot a lot to look forward to next year. I was because I was thinking about this uh, mm. the other day. Um, when you consider that this this sort of think group that's been put behind Formula One and where Formula One should be going. This year, although it's like this sort of interim year where we should have had new rules and we haven't had them, but this is the first year that we've really seen them sort of like flex to try and do something about making Formula One more interesting. They've done a very slight change on the cars and it's brought the two the like the two, the two leaders together and bunched the rest of the pack up it, when when all we thought was we thought this was going to be carryover cars yeah so this says to me that they've they really have got their heads screwed on at how they need to change these cars to make them race each other so it's i i i, I think if if this small aero change to last year's cars to this year has had such a dramatic impact. I think we've got a lot to look forward to for next year. I mean, we could, we could see a complete shaking up of the order next year. I, I don't even know if we'll see a shaking, a shaking of the order. I think we'll just see the pack squished together in the same way as maybe um, the Mercedes and Red Bull. I say the the Red Bull is a bit quicker, I think, than the Mercedes, but the Mercedes can still compete with Red Bull. I think you might see like Mercedes and Red Bull as the top teams, but McLaren and Ferrari and maybe another team squished into that top top bracket where they can compete as well. I mean, a five-way fight for a championship would be uh, something that we've been waiting for for decades. Mm, Ever. Like, <laughs> like for, for race wins would be all right as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, just one other thing, actually, on the subject of street circuits as well. Canada, no one actually knows what's happening at the moment. Because one minute it's off, then it's not off, then it might be off, then it's in negotiations, and now we're getting rumours that it's getting replaced by Turkey. <laughs> well, Turkey's on standby, isn't it? Yeah. Schrodinger's um, Canada. I don't know why that's such a strange sentence. <laughs> what, Turkey's on standby? Yeah, <laughs> it's, an, it's an it's an it's it's an emergency Christmas. Yeah, it's like it's like the penguins' backup army. <laughs> <laughs> How many bottles of wine have you had during tonight's podcast? None, actually, none. <laughs> I was, I was going to text you and say this. I am going to go nip and get a glass of water. I'll be two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> So, as, as things stand, Canada is still going ahead provisionally, um, but agreements need to be made with F1. I think what the Canadian promoters want is um, basically the money that they would lose covering. It's not just that, is it? Isn't it something to do with the coronavirus rules as well, that the, the teams can't stay in the area that they would normally stay in um, because it's too... Um, it's, it's too much, too much in public and business areas. Integrated with the rest of the with the rest of the city, so they were trying to look at uh, d- different different ways of getting around the rules. And um, did a deadline passed or something without any any agreement. So that, that's why it was announced that it was off. 
but it is not officially actually being signed as to say no, it's not happening. Mm. Mm. I think they were trying to, try to do a biosecure bubble like they did in Abu Dhabi, um, where they just block book hotels and charter flights, but they were they were struggling to do that. I think this is it, isn't it? They almost need like a sort of Olympic village for each race. Yeah, I mean that would that would work, but it's where the, the infrastructure isn't. Yeah. It's um, it's a tough one. I mean, I know that the, you know Canada is struggling at the moment, coronavirus wise, and so's Turkey. Though that's the thing. Mm. Turkey had, I think, they've gone yeah. back into a lockdown now. Quite a but it might one. be easier for for Formula One to do Istanbul Park than it True. would be to do the circuit. Um, Gilles Villeneuve in the middle of the St. Lawrence Seaway. Because mm. it is quite removed from central Istanbul, isn't it? I think Istanbul Park is quite out in the sticks. Yeah, I think um, I think it is. It would also make more sense to do Azerbaijan, Turkey, France than it would to do Azerbaijan, Canada, France. Yeah, that uh, is a strange geographical plot. Logistically, and it, yes. And it's back-to-back weekends as well between yeah. Azerbaijan and Canada. For a sport that says it's trying to cut down its uh, carbon footprint, that's not the way to go about your travelling circus. Uh, not greatly, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a strange one. Lee, are you back yet? Because I think we're about ready to shunt. I'm absolutely back. This is why he needed the water to make sure he's good and clear. Right. All right. Just, quick, just quickly oh. before we do 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 oh. move on to Shunt, congratulations to Robert Kubica for winning uh, his race as well. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, was that DTM? Yes. Yeah. Didn't even, didn't even know the season. Had no, started. I missed that entirely. Good right. for was him. DTM or was it? No, was it endurance? It was. Uh, I think he was doing an endurance race. But yes, he's uh, mm-hmm. he, he won a race. Talking, talking of endurance racing, if anyone wants to see me make an absolute fool of myself, um, I'm in one of the Three Legs, Four Wheels teams this weekend at the 24 Hours of Nürburgring. And it's the combined circuit, so I'll be doing the Grand Prix circuit along with the Nordschleife. And that's going to be starting, I think, Saturday lunchtime. So if anyone wants to watch it, um, I'll, I'll be streaming it on Twitch and I'll be putting the links up on, uh, on the socials. So if anyone wants to join and uh, laugh at my lack of driving skill. Just thought I'd get that plug good, in. Good luck. I bloody <laughs> need it. <laughs> is it shunt time? Yeah. Right. It is. Who's this week's? This was this has been sent in by Luke Clee. It's an odd surname, isn't it? It's like I've misspelt my first name. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and there's every there's every possibility that that can happen. Um I was born. Yay. In 1950, in fact, he's given me a day as well. That's why I, stu- I stuttered a bit then because it said 18. I thought surely it wasn't. <laughs> uh, oh, he was he, he was born on March 18th, 1950. Okay. okay, okay. I began my career as a mechanic driver for HDT in 1970s, predominantly in rally. What's HDT? I don't know that one. I'm going to throw it, throw it out that the T is team. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember an HDT. Or or drive I'm, train. I'm aware of an HDT, but okay. No. Oh, well. Uh, after winning my country's Formula Ford and Formula 2 championships in the same year, I moved to Europe 
to further my racing career. So a non-European <laughs> would be the logical bet. Mm, like, yeah, mm. like all drivers have to do. Get out of your own country and come to Europe where the real racing happens. And what happens if you're European? Then you get out of your own country in Europe and move to a different bit of Europe. You go to Super Formula and squander the rest of your <laughs> racing career. <laughs> All right, it's enough. weird though, isn't it? Because like so many different European drivers do different things. Some of them come up through British Formula, mm-hmm. which which like some of the British drivers do. But then look at Lando Norris. Lando went through Italian Formula Four and uh, mm. Tasman Series in New Zealand. Yeah, weird. <laughs> um, okay, non-European, 71 this year. Paul, <laughs> Paul Tracy. Interesting. Was, he, tra- was he one of the Thunderbirds? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, he was the one that drove the car. <laughs> but he, do, he does. He's one of the ones that does the commentary on the Indy car, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's Canadian. Yes, I won the 1975 European Formula 3 Championship. Which means if, if they got to Formula 1, you probably would expect them in the 80s, really, mm. wouldn't you? Yeah. Early 80s. Which would be 30 for this person, which is... Yeah. Number that, 5. That was about the average age yeah, back then. I was going to say, I know it was older back then. I mean, don't, but... forget, don't forget how old Damon Hill was when he had his first drive. True, true. Was it? 32, wasn't he, I think, when he, when he started? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, just, I mean, that, that's coming towards the end of your career now, isn't it? Yeah. Really? That's mental. Um, despite missing seven out of 90, uh, 19, I managed to win two races and come fifth in the 1975 British Formula 3 Championship. So it was somebody with not a great deal of backing, but quick. Yes. Number six. I made my Formula One debut in 1974, replacing... Uh, whoa. <laughs> Hang on. made my Formula One debut in 1974, but was still driving Formula Three. Yeah, yeah don't, 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 wild. Don't, don't forget, though, back, back to sort of the late 70s. Do you it, was, do. it was kind of interchangeable, wasn't it? Got to pay the bills. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Hesketh uh, only entered Formula One because it cost the same as entering form- being in Formula Two I that they were at the time. Haven't finished my clue. <laughs> Go on then. Anyone, anyone would think you were asking the questions in this quiz. Uh, I made a Formula One debut in 1974, replacing an ill Chris Armand. Is that his pronounced? Chris Amon. Chris, oh, is it Chris Amon? I took it, just took yeah. it for granted. It would be foreign. Uh, I failed to qualify for the race after crashing in practice. My race debut came in 1976 for Boro F1 team. Who? Boro, B-O-R-O. Bro. As in like... Boro. Oh, Boro is what I was thinking, like <laughs> yeah. Middlesbrough. <laughs> never heard of it. Never, ever heard no, of it. No, me team. neither. No. <laughs> Oh, I, oh, sorry. I, I didn't even get that far of the clue. It says, I made my race debut in 1976 for Borough F, uh, F1 team, whoever the fuck that is, uh, where I finished 13th. <laughs> <laughs> Always love a well-researched clue. <laughs> Absolutely. This, this, this reeks of Wikipedia now, doesn't it? Yeah. 
And I'm guessing the Borough F1 team doesn't have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I've, I've got absolutely nout. That's not very good, because I would like a guess. Christ. Uh, I've already plucked a name out of thin air. What are you two have mm-hmm. a go? Hmm. How old's Alan Jones? Oh, he might be about the right age. Yeah, you can go with Alan Jones. I, it just, that, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good guess. I was going to go with Clay Regazzoni, oh. but I think he probably was already in Formula One by that point. I he, think he, he would have been. Uh, yes. He was Lauda's teammate. He was at Ferrari, according to mm. the film Rush and Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I like Alan Jones as a guest. Well, throw him in. Yeah. Um, number seven. My career in Formula One was short, but I managed to race in some well, uh, some well known for some well known teams, including Brabham, BRM, and Surtees. I feel not Jones now. Probably not. There was no mention of Williams there. With Once... whom Alan Jones was champion. Once my F1 career was over, I moved back to Australia. So it is an Aussie then. Um, Number nine. I have won the Bathurst 1000. Oh, six, sorry. I've won the Bathurst 1000 six times and have been on the podium over uh, uh, for a total of 12 times in my career. Blimey. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a many hours of racing to get is. a podium. It's about, it's about six hours long, but you do it in teams of two. Yeah, yeah, but twelve times. Yeah, <laughs> not if you're Hulk. That's <laughs> true. <clears throat> Are you Nico Halkenberg, mate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we got? A, have we got a clue ten or a spaffer or? You have both. Um, I raced uh, in Le Mans three times. Uh, my final time driving the sister car of a race-winning silk-cut Jaguar team. Oh, crap. I feel like I should know this. That I used to have the silk-cut Jaguar on a scale electric, and it was fast as fuck. I had a Corgi model of it. Silk-cut Jaguar, not who Martin Brundle drove for when he did Le Mans. Yes. I had two big Corgi models. It was a silk-cut Jaguar and a JPS Lotus, and my mum wonders why I started smoking. <laughs> uh, you do have a spaffer. I don't know if it's going to help. Um, I think we'll need it. Clue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the racing team I owned and operated became synonymous with the, sp- with the sponsor Castrol and my number 11. I chose 11 because I had just... Uh, I chose 11... Because then I just had to buy a box of wands. <laughs> I love that. Are you sure they're Australian and not Yorkshire? <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that's some of my favourite logic ever. <laughs> somebody, incre- somebody incredibly practical. Mm. I've got I've got now. I have got nothing. Chris, you. Yeah, no, no. The the only Australian driver I can think of was is is Alan from that period is Alan Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to think of someone the else. The only thing is they didn't mention Williams. Maybe that was to throw you off on purpose. Maybe did... 
Yeah, but I don't think Alan Jones did Bathurst because he kind of retired from F1 and then... Tubbed out. Yeah. Yeah, he did a bit, didn't he? And we're looking for somebody who's won, who's won Bathurst six times. Mm. Yeah, no, this is like a proper sports car doer. Like Mick Doohan, but, but in cars. Mm. I don't think Mick Doohan, yeah, Doohan. I was say, I don't think Mick Doohan's quite that old. And I think his no. only F1 outing was to write off a Williams in a private test. I think so. <laughs> I think we're going to have to give up on this one, aren't we? Yeah, I don't think I can offer anything. Luke, you have beaten us. I am Australian racing driver Larry Perkins. I have heard heard the name. never heard of. I have heard Uh, the name. He also gave a really big description of uh, of, of, about it, which I did read. I'm not going to read here because I'm not time. Uh, But he he did say, I chose uh, an Australian because you all seem to struggle with Australians and New Zealand drivers. (laughs) I mean, we struggle with lots of nationalities, let's be honest. Yeah. I don't know that we've actually found a nationality we specialise in. We struggle with lots of nationalities doesn't paint us in the best light (laughs) show. In, in the current climate, I would suggest that is a poor choice of words. <laughs> Within the context of the total shunt feature. <laughs> Within the three legs, four wheels universe. Can we just say we struggle without spaffers? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for sending that in, but Luke. Not in public school, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the boarders. Only yeah, if you got if, if you're only a day pupil, that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, Lee, tell tell everyone how to send a total shunting, please. You can send it to me in a personal message on Twitter or Instagram at a total shunt. Come and follow me on uh, Twitter because. I keep doing this, and I keep breaking 1,100 followers on Twitter. You break your followers I... <laughs> every time you tweet. No, but this is the funny thing. I, so I, I hit like the maximum thing of, I think I had like 1,105 followers the other day. And then during a bout of hilariousness, someone <laughs> mentioned about uh, there being a drinking game for every time Senna was mentioned on broadcast over the weekend, to which I said, well, if I joined in that drinking game, Senna would have more chance of making the Tamarello than I would do. Now, that meant I lost eight followers after that joke. And I just keep... eight. Yeah, (laughs) and I just keep... Well, well, I look at it as a dickhead filter, to be perfectly honest. I like it. It means I'm left with all the good ones. I'm left with the ones that can take it. It's a way of finding but, your audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Market um, research. But, um, yeah, so I keep losing them. So if, if, you, if you're on Twitter, come follow me because I want more numbers. If you're, not, like if numbers. you're not one of the 1,099 people I've just checked. Yeah, but just come back. Yeah, but the Coronel twins will probably be back in a minute. Are they still unfollowing and following everyone on yeah, a daily oh, basis? Yeah, much, Fucking yeah. hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with their heads at some point and block both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I blocked anyone. I don't think I blocked anybody. Clone their accounts. And, right, you and, heard and that listeners. Challenge other. challenge accepted out there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it'd be I think it'd be very difficult to get a block from. It would have to just be like I, I, it would have to be like a DDoS Twitter account uh, like drop on me where I just have someone messaging me twenty four hours a day. That'd make me have to block somebody. Well, now we know. <laughs> 
Good luck with that after saying that. Um, right, if you want to uh, send a shunt in for the reserve list for weeks when Lee's too busy clearing down his Twitter direct messages and blocking people, you can email <laughs> us at threelegsfourwheels at gmail.com and use that address for anything else to get in touch or otherwise. Uh, if you want to get the show a little bit early and later on this year get some more benefits when things get a little more back to normal, like the extra show that we sometimes do, uh, you can subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash three legs four wheels and that's from as little as one dollar one euro one pound a month um get us on all the all the usual social platforms at three legs four wheels and individually we are at sean cowper 21 and at pablo 100 uh, right we'll be back next week we will be looking forward to the uh, portuguese grand prix another returning circuit from uh, the emergency list last season mm. and um wonder if it's going to be anything like last year's race if they've got the green the drain covers screwed down this time because that was a kerfuffle last that, year that would uh, mm. that would help if the uh, if the track actually stays in one piece all the way through with that little little bits of metal flying up and uh, everywhere so have a good week stay safe and we'll see you next week bye-bye bye bye laters